expanding the Nerdosphere, talking about everything you want to hear. From comics to cosplay, from the cinematic universe to fan films and everything in between. It's time to get down and nerdy. Here are your hosts, James Witham and Nick Pataglia. Welcome to episode 29 of Down and Nerdy, where we hope the next time we have a surge, we turn into The Flash. Or we can find it online and drink the shit ton of it. That's right. I'm James with them alongside. Nick Bataglia. And actually, it's going for like, they, it's sold out, of course, but now it's going for like 250 bucks. Somebody's trying to sell a case for 250 bucks on Amazon. And if you're one of those people that are like, and there are people out there that are like, oh, I want to drink something. You want something so bad, even if there's like a limit, like, oh, there's only 12 cans of it in the case or whatever, but it's like it's $250. You're like, you know what? I will have that. You know, you don't care how much money. It's like, you know, you could have gone out and done a lot more stuff or cooler stuff and buy it. Tw- you know, uh, something going to be done. I mean, I understand that, you know, it's something that you've been waiting for. It's something you really want. But that's a come on, man, moment for me. I mean, <laughs> and, and how do you have the balls to put that up there for $250? Because there's always, because like I said, a sucker is born every minute and somebody will do it. Can you imagine, like, if somebody. You know, they paid two fifty for the a twelve can pack of surge, but it was all still like attached, but it yep. was all the cans were empty. That and would suck. Well, for example, like somebody I knew um saw an ad, this is for when the Xbox first came out. Not the Xbox one, but like the first Xbox. And um it said Xbox, you know, for you know, it was like a couple hundred dollars less than like the five hundred, four hundred dollars it was being sold for so he buys it or and it gets to his house it's just the box there's Dude. no xbox it's just the box so we go on craigslist to see it and it said xbox and like in small print box yeah well because see that's a lesson kids learn to read and yep. you will and you will forever be happy in your lives but that's what we're going to be talking about today for our main topic we're going to be talking about our favorite Nerd snacks from back in the day, you know, with a little bit of today mixed in. We're like yesterday and today kind of thing. Yeah, it was just, it was, yeah, we'll talk more about it later, but let's just put it this way. We didn't expect to do a show on snacks until we posted pictures of just like the Star Trek meme cookies and the story on Surge and, and just our, play, our page just blew up. Everything like, just started happening rapidly. So we're like, you know what? Let's just talk about this and be done with it. Sure. But as always, we talk about our weekends and our and everything else that's going on. So seeing how it was my birthday weekend, I'll feel like I'll start off. Oh, definitely, because you had like a lot going on. I had a, Some of which we can't talk about on the air, by the way. No, but I had a massive, <laughs> massive shit ton of cool stuff that went out, that happened. So at, we recorded the show last week, and as I said on the show last week, I was going over to Cody's. Out in Portsmouth to just spend the night, and because we we're going to Bush Gardens, he, I, and a group of our friends were going, and went to Bush Gardens for Howl Scream, and it was amazing. I've been to Bush Gardens twice, and this, the second time was last week, but it was the first time I went during like a, a special event, like Howl Scream, right, or, or something, and um, no, it was awesome. We went through all the haunted houses. It was fun. Saw a bunch of shows, which was great. Um, actually, there's a um, there's uh, a state, you know, six o'clock is when things turn into the hot, the scary stuff. You know, people six o'clock around. is when things turn. <laughs> yes. Um, and so there's a place called Libation Station where it's like you get like shots of, you know, 
it's like shots, you know, like in syringes and stuff like that. And he had the naughty nurses standing up and everything. And, um, well, being it was my birthday, Cody bought me one and he had me lie on this metal table and he had a, t- a picture taken of this naughty nurse, like putting the syringe in my mouth. Nice. Nice. You know, of course she couldn't give it to me cause it's just some weird rules that they couldn't, you know, actually give me the shot. But, um, no, it was fun. And, it was pretty funny. Like, like, honestly, dude, going to a haunted house with Cody is so fun because he'll just troll everybody in the haunted house. Yeah, if you're going to go with somebody, he's the one to go with. Oh, yeah, because it's hilarious. Like, there was, we were in uh, this one called uh, Bitten, and it was with all these vampires. And one of our buddies, we call him Doc, and uh, this girl, this woman, pops out of this, like, the top part of this casket. She's, she's pretty attractive. So he stops. And, you know, as always, when somebody stops in the middle of the line, you know, everybody just gets bunched up and just walks into each other. Yep. And we're like, come on, man, go, move, get, you know, fucking go. And he goes, no, there's a good-looking girl in there. And we, just, <laughs> and we just lost it, dude. And then, so then we're walking through another haunted house, and it's kind of like, um, it's kind of like uh, uh, this greenhouse. And like, the plants have come to life. It's kind like of like poison, poison ivy. ivy. There you go. Yeah. Um, and Cody looks at me and he goes, watch this person pops out and Cody just yells stranger danger. <laughs> and I, that's awesome. It great. Like, it was great. But, um, no, that was, that was awesome. You know, then I of course worked at the, at the, you know, in my at the radio station on during the weekend and, you know, and Sunday went to dinner with Cody and a bunch of our friends for my birthday and everything like that. And it was fun. It was, it was a fun Birthday weekend. It was a lot better than last year, man. I'll tell you that right now. It sounds like it. I mean, even if, it was, even if last year was awesome, it sounds like you would have topped it for sure. Oh, yeah, dude. My weekend. Uh, I also did a little bit of working on, well, a lot of working on Saturday. Now, if you live in the Hampton Roads area, you know that we had a nice little shot of rain on Saturday. Right. Well, one of my jobs on the weekends with uh, with the football program that I that I work with is that we set up the equipment for the pregame show. So right. myself and a colleague were out there. We're setting up, and I tell them I think it's. I told them on Friday I thought it was going to rain. They're like, ah, we'll try it anyway because you know if you don't set up where they set up, you lose money. Long story short, we just got done setting up. We're getting ready to go do setup number two, which is indoors. And I look at the radar and I said, guys, we've got a problem. So basically we bag everything up just in case, because you know, it could still miss you. We're up in the dry place indoors and I get a text from somebody down there that says abandoned ship. I'm like, that can't be good. I look out the window and it is pouring. Oh yeah, dude. I was working a football game this weekend as well. And I was talking to, you know, I was in the studio and the guys, you know, were out on the field and I'm like, well, what was it like out there? And it was pouring, and like the guys go, we go, yeah, we're outside, and we have like a canopy, and that's it. So like they had like, you know, no yep. coverings really, you know, for electrical equipment. So I was like, oh my god, I hope these guys don't get electrocuted. <laughs> well, I mean, we actually had to go back out into the rain and break down the stuff that we had just set up ten minutes before in the pouring rain without getting it wet. There's a trick. You yeah. can't get the equipment wet, but you have to break it down. And mind you, this is like thousands and thousands of dollars worth of equipment, so you can't be fast with it. You'd be like, oh, I'm going to drop right. something. Right, you know? and it's and it's my ass, too, by oh, the yeah. way, if anything goes wrong. Was, oh, yeah, when I was, even when I was calling college games, man, we uh, 
you know, we worked in the, in the press, we had a press box, but the thing was, it was an old press box. This is before they rebuilt the entire stadium. And, uh, yeah, it was a skinny, like, flight of metal stairs that curled up. And I'm carrying, you know, this heavy plastic case full of equipment up these stairs. I'm like, oh, God, I don't want to drop it because it's my ass. Because I was the head senior sports producer at the time, so I was responsible exactly. for all the equipment that went out. Exactly. So, and on a little bit of a tangent here, because you just told that story made me think of another story. Another, when we went to a different campus, and I won't name it, I won't name it, but uh, they have, I would say, put press box in air quotes. <laughs> uh, it was outdoors, first of all, which is fine. I mean, I like getting the ambiance too, but it's outdoors under a tent. And you basically go up the stairs. You know how if you go to any stadium, any outdoor stadium, you know, you've got those concrete stairs where the steps are. And, right. Well, okay, so we go up that and we're like, well, how do we get to the press box, quote unquote? I swear to you, it was a, you know what a pallet is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a pallet screwed to the wall that you had to climb up as a makeshift ladder. Oh my God. To get to the press box. So I'm having this whole Laura Croft moment right now. It's very uncharted moment. You sure this wasn't like Greendale Community College? I was was very surprised. So, and mind you, these equipment cases are about 40 pounds a piece. So I'm like, (laughs) okay. So what am I supposed to do? Strap this to my back and go up? But, I mean, we had a few people with us, so we kind of creatively figured it out quick, and got up there. But Quick question for everybody listening. How much XP did you gain from climbing that pallet ladder? I think that just the skill alone and the fact that I did carry something up with me while I was going, I'm thinking at least 500, I would think. Oh, okay. I would think at least that much. And I, and I think I gained a couple of new abilities along the way. So Yeah, there you go. Updated your weaponry, you know, your your shoes are like now a plus two. Exactly. So, but on Sunday it was great because, you know, of course we've got the little guy and uh, everybody wants to come and see him. And so Pam had uh, her couple of her relatives that live down in Florida. We see them once a year. They're great people. Um, it was her uncle and her aunt. And they travel a lot, so they always have a lot of, of great stories to tell. Uh, so they they it kind of happened that this kind of fell where they kind of come visit every year. It's around this weekend, so it just sort of happened that, you know, we had the baby so that I got a chance to come see him. And really the first of the out-of-town family that's actually been able to see him. So that was really neat for them to be able to come by and, and visit with him. And they're just really good people. I mean, these people are just, they're really chill. They're very down-to-earth. I just love it when they come to visit. And speaking of baby, I hear him in the background. Yeah, he's a little fussy right now for some reason. I don't know why. He's decided to hang out with Daddy today. And yeah. uh, it's it's not really working out for him right now. No. He's like, pay attention to me, father, and you got your headphones on, you're staring at a computer. You're like, not now. You're like the the game you're like that that meme with the wife, she's like her husband's on like the computer, like gaming or whatever, and she says something and he like just like totally ignores her and and it's just, it's just great. Right. It's hilarious. I'm actually trying to do this this feat of strength right now where I'm stretching to to help him put his pacifier back in his mouth because that's what he wants. He keeps spitting it out, and I have to keep putting it back in. So I'm trying to like hold it in and be close to the microphone at the same time. It's it's quite it's quite. I'm more experience points for yours truly. Dude, he's gotten big too. Like in a short amount of time. He's one month old already. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't even seem like it's been that long. I'm just. I mean, it took so long for him to get here, but right. then it's like the last month since he's gotten here. He's just flown by, and I know parents tell that story a lot, but we just, my wife and I were, 
sitting the other day because yesterday was when he was uh, on Wednesday was when he was one month old. Like, how is this even possible that he's already a month old? Where does that, that time like, go? That's that, but he's like he's lifting himself up, and he's he, he's doing things that like no other one month old. You're, you're, you've given birth to a mutant in a good way. I sir. don't know how that happened, but. He was on my chest the other day, and he put his forearm on me and just lifted himself up. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> so he's doing that. He's, he's Buddy, holding, you've given birth to a superhero! He's already pretty much holding his head up on his own, too. He likes to, like, he did this head-banging thing the other day. I don't know <laughs> what he was doing, but I'm holding him, and he kind of looks at me, and I'm getting this whole kind of moment where he's kind of bobbing his head up and down. Was and was it wasn't that it was... Groot? Was listening to that Metal Groot video? I, I, he maybe, maybe I was playing in the background. I don't know, but I don't, I don't know what made him do it. And it's not like I was letting his head flop around like some unstoppable moron, because, you know, I'm a good dad. I support his head, but he just decides that he wants to... And he's doing it on his own, back and forth, back and forth. I'm like, maybe you shouldn't do that, son. Baby Einstein presents death metal? Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> so i mean that that's pretty much in a nutshell how my weekend went and it just yeah. seems like you turn around and here comes the next weekend kind of thing. exactly and like i'm telling i don't know what it is dude but like this month's going by fast last month flew it's like i kind of want time to slow down you know what i'm saying it's like just just Please, let this week just go by slower, please. Well, I think part of it's because we're going to be at Tidewater Comic Con on October the 18th, and, you know, the, the the time's really flying by, and it's less than a month away now, which is kind of crazy to think about, that it's already yeah. right around the corner. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it, it's amazing, you know, where that is, and, and, and like I said, yeah, it's, it's next month, which is shocking. Like, I still have to get my... Cosplay. I'm still. I'm debating though now. I know we said we were going to cosplay, but I'm just looking at my finances right now, man. I'm like, I don't know if I can even do it. I know. I know. I was thinking the same thing the other day because our listeners with kids, again, you know how expensive baby stuff is, and um, I thought at the at the time it'd be a good idea, and I'm like, hey, yeah, let's cosplay, and I, I actually had an idea, and I was like, oh, it doesn't matter how much I spend because it'll be a great costume, and now I'm looking at my bank account going. Ah, I need to. Uh, I need to eat. <laughs> you're, you're, you're like you're like Peter Griffin sitting on the street going. Ah, it really is. Ah, I think yeah, I've been doing. I am, dude. Like I'm like, oh, I got payday. I can actually. It's not expensive, but I'm like, oh, that's right. I got bills. And then you realize you can't even afford. Bars. You realize you can't even afford the payday candy bar. I know, right? There's that much money that's just can't, not available. Can't afford the fun size, man. It's uh, it's pressing on all stages. So I like if we even if we don't, I don't think it's a big deal. Um, but you know, it's just it's just one of those things. Like things like this happen where it's like you you gearing up for something like that, and it's just like yeah. Once it gets down to it, you're like, man, I really don't have the money right now. I mean, I'm sure I'll do something because the wife is a really big uh, Halloween fanatic, so we always dress up every year. So I know I'll do something. <laughs> I just don't know. I I don't. Th- Let me put it this way: it's not going to be as elaborate is what I had planned. And I, I feel badly about that. But, um, again, you know, finances and people get it, man. You know, this get plus it's going to be so many good cosplayers at the con. I mean, I'll, we'll, we'll do something, but I, it's probably not going to be on the, on the level of what I had planned anyway. Yeah. But speaking of, of something that I, I've had planned, like actually, you know, back about my weekend. I, so the big cap off to my birthday weekend actually was, I get an, I, I, 
you know, you have the, the, the Funny Bone Comedy Club here in Virginia Beach, and I went there a couple of times, and I signed up for their email thing, mm-hmm. and I actually, sometimes in the mail, I'll get emails for, like, free tickets, so I got an email on Sunday to see Bobcat Goldthwait for free. I got free tickets to see him, so after this podcast, I'm going there, meeting up Cody, his wife, and our buddy of ours to go see Bobcat, who is a Syracuse native like myself. That's a pretty, that's pretty friggin' sweet, of course. You know, him being in, I remember him in Scrooged, I mean, he's been in a ton of stuff, but for some reason, his his character in Scrooged always stands out to me. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, no, like what's cool is my dad's friend, like one of my dad's best friends, actually good friends with his brother, which is great. Oh, know, nice, so. nice. But no, I can't wait to go see him, and and yeah, like I said, I, he's a very funny motherfucker. So I mean, it's just like I can't wait to go see him. And to see him do stand up, that's that's going to be a unique experience. Oh no, I've seen his stand on Netflix, and it's great. Like it's it's fantastic, um, but no, that's that's pretty much my weekend in, in a nutshell. Like this weekend, this podcast is going to resort back to the same boring old Eeyore style weekend. You know, I've got a busy weekend coming up. Very well, busy weekend. Well, me other than work, of course, because weekends are just like you know, because football season's here, so everything's just like, oh god, let's kick it into high gear with work. When this podcast, we're, of course, we're recording this on on a Thursday, as we as we typically do. But by the time this podcast gets posted on Facebook.com/slash Down and Nerdy, I will literally be in the air. I'll be on a plane to Houston, Texas, at this point when the podcast goes up. So if you if you start listening to this. Immediately on Friday, I'm probably on an airplane, so enjoy that. Yes, yes, and safe travels, my friend. But coming up next, it's what we're reading. Got two new comics, two new reviews, and maybe some grief along the way. We don't know. I don't know what James is reviewing. He doesn't really know what I'm reviewing. So coming up next is what we're reading right here on Down and Nerdy. Well, it's bags and boards time, boys and girls, because it's time to discuss what we're reading once again this week. And Nick, you actually... We're gonna start with you because you actually had a little trial and tribulation with your with your poll this week. I really did. So this week, and I told James earlier, I'm like, dude, I'm gonna keep it a mystery for what I'm reviewing today. I'm just gonna tell you this though: it's not Marvel, it's not DC, you know. And so you're like, okay. I'm like, so I'm not gonna tell you. So of course, yesterday comes it's New Comic Book Day, and. One of the comics we featured on New Comic Book Day is Jim Henson's The Storyteller Witches. Which I did so, not tell you that I was going to post that, and I did not know that that's what you were going to get. Yeah. So I go out, and I go visit our buddy Bob. And Bob wasn't there when I went at Fantasy Escape. So, and Bob wasn't there when I went to go pick up my poll. And I went to see if they had it, and they didn't. And um, so I'm like, okay, so there was another comic book store that I went to that was also nearby. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah. Um, not really proud of myself. Um, hey, you, you know what? I mean, sometimes you do what you got to do. I've heard Bob actually refer people to other stores in the area if he doesn't have something, which is pretty damn cool if you think about it. I mean, obviously, yeah. he'll order it for you. Whatever you want, right. Bob will order for you. But if you absolutely positively have to have it now, he'll say, check so-and-so. They might have it. He's always been very cool about that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I'll have him order that for me when I go see him next week to pick up my poll. Um, but, no, as far as things go, so I went to the other comic book store, and they were sold out of it. And I was thinking to myself, I wonder why, and I thinking to myself, well, it has Jim Henson's name on it. That's right. So, of course, it's going to sell out. So, 
I reverted back to my old fiendish ways, if you will, and went back to Marvel. And I'm going to be reviewing Magneto number nine this week. And I'm telling you right now, dude, this Magneto run that Marvel's doing kicks ass. It actually looks really great. Now, I've given Marvel a hard time about a lot of their runs, but this one actually looks pretty interesting, especially the art. Who does the art for that book? Uh, Gabriel Hernandez Walta. I got to tell you, that guy, that's some talent right there because the art looks amazing to me. No, it's, the artwork, it's very, it's not flashy. It's not that detailed. It's that flat, matte look to it. And it's phenomenal. And it's written, of course, by the man, the myth, the legend himself, Colin Bond. Who does nothing in his spare time because he doesn't have any. Yes. He, again, <laughs> he, again, he is, he, he is one of those guys where he has no free time because he's attached to everything. He is a Guillermo del Toro of comic book writing. Um, but the plot is this. So, again, we're nine inches deep. And Magneto, you know, in the, the start of the series, his powers have been, you know, he's an older guy, you know, um, it's not really given his age, but he's, it's just given that he's old. So he's not quite like Ian McKellen level no, yet? No, he's got like 60, maybe in his late, mid to late 50s. Okay. Um, and uh, his powers have pretty much been depleted. And it's not really given why they've been depleted, but it's more of a case of just his age. So it's kind of like as his age, as he gets older, his powers, you know, they start to wane a little bit. Makes sense. He's, Makes sense. He still has them, but it's not like to where they once were. So in issue number eight, he goes and he, to, you know, and he finds out that there's, a, there's somebody making this mutant growth hormone, which gives non-mutants mutant abilities via, you know, they inject into themselves and they, can, they turn to mutants and they have certain different abilities based on the, on the, on what they're given. And, um, he, he then captures the maker of it and he pretty much tells him, you know, Hey, you're going to make me this serum for myself and you're going to make, help me regain my powers. So it's not shown if he has the serum already inside of him. My guess is no, because towards the end of the comic book, and or the end of the issue, in number nine, he's kind of like, he's talking about how his powers are depleted and stuff like that, right. even worse now. So he ends up going to Genosha, which is home to this prison. And it's home to tons, it's an outdoor prison, it's home to tons of imprisoned mutants and inhumans. Wow, so that's got to kind of connect back to the whole concentration camp thing yes. then for him. Wow. That's, that's all I was about to get into, because he, he goes there, and he sees this big, giant pile of dead mutants and inhumans. Oh, wow. And immediately, it was, like, the next two pages are flashback panels of him as a boy you know, during the Holocaust in the concentration camp. Wow, the, the imagery and the connection there, what a fantastic angle that they decided to play with that. I mean, very much, it's very heavy and very ballsy for them to go that route, but man, that that's some great writing right there. It's great writing because you're tying up his past with the present. So it's kind of like even, you know, and again, that's what made Magneto, this reason for him starting the Brotherhood and his whole mutants, you know, alliance thing Definitely. is because of what happened in the concentration camp. You know, he's, t you know, no more. And like in the whole comic book is him dealing with and going after people who have committed these anti-mutant crimes, you know, and, and gene spliced and killed and just tortured mutants. So they kind of tie in the way his character, uh, his, his beliefs pattern in the uh in the x-men movies that are going on now 
is is very much the okay i'm gonna go after people who are trying to go after mutants kind of thing yeah um it was again i said this multiple times there was a story written after days of future past came out and it said that if there was a com they had a list of x-men comic books that could follow you know hey after you watch the movie read these to get an idea of what happened afterwards so and magneto was one of them this magneto run was one of them so it's and what's great is he's you know the flashbacks are him like you know learning how to you know better his uh, mutant ability. You know, he's t- so it shows him like picking up a screw with his mind and throwing it into a piece of wood, mm-hmm. and because he wants to kill one of these leaders, you know, at the of the camps. And guess who? Just take a guess at which villain is in charge of this camp. Oh gosh! Not not the concentration camp. I'm talking about the Genosha camp. My mind is completely blank right now. I must be being affected by Professor X. Probably. But oh, red 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 skull. Really? Yes. Oh, how interesting is that? Yeah, Red Skull is running the Genosha prison. May make sense. But you would never think of Red Skull being tied into a Magneto comic. Yeah. You know? So that's what that makes it cool. But again, he has Nazi ties. So. Exactly, exactly. But no, the thing is, is like, you know, it ends pretty with Magneto being captured by Red Skull because you know, he gets ambushed by his henchmen. Um, and it's just, it's very powerful writing. It's very good symmetry writing. It's very good just, just symbolism writing. I just think you know? that in a, in a time in, in our society where people are very ultra-uber-sensitive about everything right now. Yeah. So for Cullen Bunn to take that risk and, and have it pay off like that with such great writing, I think is a, is a testament to him as a, as a professional comic book writer. Outstanding. I mean, there's a, there's a part of the comic book dude where the, one of the panel, the, the, the Holocaust panels start off with Magneto looking at a body. It's about to go into an oven. Wow. Just wow. And the next, and yeah. And the next panel is, um, one of the guards saying, you know, I want these ovens going full tilt, you know, to help us keep us warm through winter. So pretty much he's pretty much saying, I want you to put these bodies in this oven so we, we the soldiers and the, and the Nazi party can stay warm. Wow. That's, that's brutal, man. It's, that is brutal. It's very fucking brutal. But again, it's dark. And again, it makes you, I think the best part of writing, here's how you can tell somebody's a good writer, is when they can make you feel for the anti-hero, feel, make you feel for the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Like Magneto, Grant, he's killing people, but you can understand his, you know, his his hatred of wanting to do and his wanting to do this. Right, exactly. But no, I, for me, it's a pull, dude. It's it's. Like I, I said, wasn't it's, even I, gonna ask because it's obvious that this should be a yeah. pull. Yeah, it's it's nine issues deep right now, but it's a nice monthly. And I'm telling you, dude, you know they have about actually they have about it's kind of like a bi-weekly really because there's a couple of issues every couple of weeks. Um, but go pick up your poll, dude. And like I said, I've been meaning to give you issue number one so you can start on it. Um, but we just, you know, you got the baby, I got my thing, you know. There's, there's a lot going on, man. A lot going on. So, lot going on. so you, you know, you said you had, when we were on the break, you said you had to do make a, a punt in terms of your comic book <laughs> yeah, choice this week. Because you were, just like you were saying, everything with the baby and, and it's going on, and I'd been way behind in picking up my pull, but, you know, Bob's always good to me. He says, your comics are safe. Don't worry about it. They'll be here. We did go up to Fantasy Escape this week, and we brought the baby up there. Got Bob got a chance to, to see the little guy, and it was his first trip to a comic book store, so 
Mama and Dada got to bring him up there to, to Fantasy Escape Comics and Cards on Aragona Boulevard, Virginia Beach. And, and he was just looking around the store and he was just so happy to see everything that was up there. But I just, I'm going through the comics that I picked up uh, and I'm like, okay, I got to catch up. So I'm just reading as much as I can while everybody's sleeping. And I was like, you know what? This was an issue I was really excited about when I read the description of it. So I decided to go with Constantine number 17, which again... Pretty deep into the run, but we've almost started up a newer run after the Forever Evil Blight arc that they did. Now, it's written by Ray Fox, who, again, is one of those guys like Cullen Bunn, who does a lot of really dark stuff. Very cool if you're into the supernatural kind of angle. Ray Fox is your guy, for sure. Oh, definitely. You know, big again, you know, we, we talked about the bullpen idea and stuff like that, but big kudos to these guys who can jump from project to project to project. And keep the consistency in the Oh, no right. doubt. No doubt. And Ray Fox actually has uh, that uh, that series he's starting up for Image called, uh, I think it's Intersect, that looks really interesting, and I can't wait to start diving into that as well. But pencils were done by Edgar Salazar, inks by Jay Liston, Liston and colors by Richard and Tanya Horry, the, the uh, husband and wife team, which I think is very cool. And I got to tell you, the cover art by Juan Ferreira, Ferreira, excuse me, uh, is just fantastic because basically the plot line is Constantine is being has been sucked into World War One right. kind of in a way. So it's the cover is basically him holding a rifle with a bayonet in the end and a foxhole. It's just very great uh, cover imagery. So it actually starts off because he's been messing with the uh, the dark circle at the Temple of the Cold Flame, which is basically like a master sorcery cult. And right. he, they kind of find out that he's been, he's been screwing them or playing kind of both sides. So they, he gets two spells cast on him, which basically is ripping him apart at one point and also putting him in limbo in another. Wow. So you, they just, there's a panel of him like in absolute pieces, like his ear is in one place, part of his hand is in it's another. Like it's like a Deadpool comic, pretty much. It's very, it was very creepy imagery that they were doing. So he doesn't know if he's going to survive because he's in a lot of pain, but he does survive. And the next page you see is it's basically his body starting out as a skeleton and forming little by little as he comes out of this body of water. Wow. It's a very cool page. So again, great art. So he climbs out of the water and he has no idea where he is. And to kind of make a long story short here, he's in Tanzania during <laughs> World War One. Wow. So there's a bombardment going on, I think, by the British uh, right now against the, against the Germans. And basically he's saying, I don't know how I ended up here. The spell should have only taken me a couple weeks ahead or behind in time and a few miles from the Temple of the Cold Flame where I was. So he has no idea why he is in. He figures out he's in World War One era. Right. And... They spent part of the time, He's kind of his mind is kind of busy because he's playing out this plan that he had to take out the Dark Circle. He had a group together, uh, Tanarak and Sargon are the ones he was trying to take out. And um, as he's playing out the scenario in his head of what's going to happen now that he's not there, he's kind of interrupted by a German soldier. And he's like, I don't have time for this shit kind of thing. So he grabs one of them and it looks like he's getting ready to, he's getting ready to be surrounded by the German soldiers that are there. But he still has the Moonblade with him, which actually has, I believe it's Eclipso, stuck inside of the Moonblade because Constantine imprisoned him there. And he's trying to say, let me out, let me out, let me out, I can help you. 
But then one of the things that was a little interesting was that random, basically random gunfire saves Constantine. Something shoots these German soldiers, and they just go down, and he takes off. Now, in typical Constantine fashion, he realizes where he is, and he's like, oh, I remember hearing about this place over drinks at one point. There's a sanctum around here somewhere. And then he lights up a cigarette and says, let's fucking go. The first thing he did when he got out of the water was light up a cigarette, which I thought was really funny. Um, <laughs> so he's basically booking it to this, uh, this sanctum. And it turns out it's the sanctum of Dr. Occult. Now, if you're a DC fan and you're like, who the hell are these people? Don't worry, Constantine is very much like that, where sometimes you're just going to have to wiki it and remind yourself who these characters are. It's so, kind of like if you're reading Batman Eternal, you have no idea who bunch of these people are and sometimes it's, it's, yeah it's the, it's the b to c list of characters there's no shame in that and everybody knows how much of a dc worshiper i am even i sometimes have to go okay who's this guy again because i don't really remember i mean for god's sakes it says on our business cards that how much of a dc worshiper you are exactly now dr occult doesn't know constantine but constantine knows him of course from the future and he very much respects him as as a as a as a mage as he calls him so he basically interrupts Dr. Occult in the middle of this ritual, which is meant to prevent future world wars. <laughs> and he's like, you know, it doesn't work, mate. He's trying to tell him how it doesn't work. <laughs> and apparently this pisses Dr. Occult off pretty bad. So he decides to cast a spell on Constantine because he thinks Constantine's a demon. Right. So he casts a spell. He says, I will send you back from whence you came. And Constantine's like, cool. That's what I wanted you to do in the first place. So, so he starts casting the spell to send it back, and Constantine modifies the spell. And he's like, what are you doing? You can't modify this spell. It'll rip you to shreds. It'll kill you. He's like, ah, don't worry, mate. I got it. But he loses the Moonblade in the process. I'm guessing that this is going to play a role in later issues because they kind of just gloss over it in this issue. <laughs> right. So... Basically, he's right back where he started in the issue, where he's in the place between places. He's kind of being torn apart. And he thinks, okay, I'm just going to end up back where I was because I cast this other spell, so it should stick me right where I want to be. Not so much. He's in the future now, and basically he lands in a place where there are these... Picture what a demon would look like if he was in a robot suit. Okay. And the, the, the gist I'm getting from the writing is like it's very Groundhog's Day-ish. It kind of was. I mean, I, I will I will say that this issue as a standalone was kind of all over the place. They, typically, the writing is very good and very consistent, and they stick with an arc. But this was kind of like that in-between issue. It's almost like a, a weird segue from one arc to another, or at least... And they did the same thing with when they started the Blight arc with Forever Evil, where Constantine it was going one way, and then once he got thrown into Forever Evil, they kind of turned it in that direction right. after one issue. So basically he's like, you know, bloody hell, what do I do now kind of thing, and that's where it ends up. And it leads, it's going to lead into the Future's End one-shot that uh, DC's doing with all their characters, saying how Future's End arc is going to affect each individual character. Right, just like with the Magneto one, it's actually an introduction to Marvel's Axis um, that they're doing too. So that's so that's kind of why I would say that Red Skull was introduced as yeah, well. Very similar. Now, like I said, the art absolutely fantastic. Edgar Salazar, Jay Liston, 
and the and the husband and wife team of the Hori husband and wife team. Very good job with the art. Ray Fox, obviously great writing, but I will say that it was kind of a missed opportunity for me because I was kind of looking forward to seeing how it would play out with John Constantine being stuck in World War One Europe slash Africa slash all these battlegrounds that they were on. I was kind of looking forward to see how that would play out, and it was a very quick exit. And I got to tell you, I was a little bummed by that. Right. Right. Was it just because the consistency of the writing wasn't there? Did it not grip you as well? Or was it, or was it just more of like you you building up your expectations too much? It was partially that, but it was partially like... It, I, I guess I kind of got jazzed when I'm reading it and I realize where he is. I'm like, oh, there are so many cool ways that they could go with this. And then when they just decided, ah, we don't really want to do this anymore, I just kind of got a little bummed out. Right. But, I mean... It's kind of confusing if you're not already reading Constantine because there's a lot of newer characters to keep up with. They do a great job of explaining who these characters are and what their place is in the universe that they're currently writing when you're reading the arc. So it could be a little confusing if you don't know. I would say if you're already on Constantine, stick with it because it's going somewhere really cool and this, this story usually does. If you're not already on it, I would say wait until the new, a new arc picks up and that's when you can jump in. Because honestly, if you jumped in after Forever Evil, you would not have been lost if you decided to jump onto Constantine. Or maybe wait until the trade comes out. Yeah, or catch up on the trade. As a matter of fact, next week, the trade for uh, the Blight arc comes out that ran through Forever Evil, which I thought was a great arc. So that would be a good place to kind of pick it up if you wanted to start reading Constantine. All right. Well, that's going to do it for what we're reading this week. We come up next. It's Trailer Talk, we're actually, and we're going to be talking about the new Final Fantasy 15 trailer that was released actually last night. Coming up next, it's Trailer Talk right here on Down Nerdy. Now, normally when you think of Trailer Talk, you don't think video games, but when something as big as the world of Final Fantasy pops up, you've got to talk about it. And they actually dropped the trailer very late last night, but of course, it's us, we're on it. It was the first trailer for Final Fantasy 15 in eight months next yeah i mean this, like i said the reason why we're talking about this is because this is a very hyped up game like people have been like when's the trailer coming out when, you know is this being in development you know when are we gonna see it when's the and, demo coming out just yeah, the well, demo well here's the thing they actually said of that they said the demo is going to come out march 17th of 2015 which is awesome uh, which is gonna be great now people got confused thinking that was when the release date of the game was gonna be no, no. it's the demo yeah square Enix announced uh actually today that they're gonna bring final fantasy type zero hd to ps4 and xbox one on the 17th of march along as i said with the demo of final fantasy 15 and actually well, the same person that's directing final fantasy type zero is the one that's directing final fantasy 15 as well so there's consistency there yeah and I'm gonna be honest, man. Like I haven't played Final Fantasy since Final Fantasy X Me first neither. came out. Me neither. And I was in high school. I was in ninth grade, you know. And um, you know, the reason why is just because you know I'm not hugely into role playing games. Um, but Final Fantasy X, it was just something about it that caught my attention. Mm -hmm. And you know, it, when it comes to role playing games, I got I'm into you know it's a whole turn based thing I don't like. You know, again, I love Pokemon, but it was a lot more faster, I felt. I, I was always a big RPG guy uh, growing up. Well, I'll probably talk about that coming up on our main topic when we talk about nerd snacks, because you need nerd snacks 
when you're playing RPGs, because that is a long road, man. Yeah. So the trailer, we see Noctis and his allies, Prompto, Gladius, and Ignis traveling through the world of Final Fantasy XV in a sleek black car. And there's just battling giant beasts, and mm-hmm. you know, they're making references to the game's uh, extended development time, and Final Fantasy Versus F- 13 trailers of old. And it's a lot, you know, it was amazing. When you see that big giant beast in the beginning, dude. It's I'm huge. Like, well, I'm like, oh, it's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and, and I'll only sell this right now. You know, I, I don't want to go off on nerds every week, but um, there are people complaining about them riding in a car and not chocobos. And I'm like, okay, you're nitpicking because it's just a trailer. Right. I mean, did it did it feel a little out of place? It was a little. It was a little weird because a little of weird. But, but, but it's not a deal breaker for me, though. I mean, oh. it was weird because it's out of context of what you usually see in a Final Fantasy game. Well, it's like this. You think about how much time has passed since the last exactly. game. Exactly. So it's like when you look at movies, it's like, you know, we didn't just, you know, yeah, we rode horses, but we have this thing called cars now. We can travel through lands much faster. Do you think Doc Brown would have used a DeLorean if the movie was made today? Probably not. No, probably not, because they're pieces of shit, and they're and they're not being made anymore. So, um, you'll probably use like a Pontiac or something like that. You know, it's not you know some some old Pontiac. As long as it's not a Mini Cooper, I think we're fine. They'll probably use like a Pontiac Aztec or some ugly shit (laughs) of a car. You know, it's not even in existence anymore, really. Um, I got zero percent financing, Marty. (laughs) Marty. They give me a great deal, Marty. 50,000 miles. But Doc, Doc, you got 40,999. I know, Marty. <laughs> That's why you got to come back with me. We can't go back to when we had 49,000 miles. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> can you imagine, like, if there was a Back to the Future movie built upon, like, Doc Brown getting the DeLorean? Like, the whole movie is just oh, centered yes. around him getting the DeLorean. The DeLorean origin story. <laughs> the Back to the Future one shot. Yes. Oh, God. But no, anyways, I'm, I'm pretty pumped for this, man. Because, I mean, here's the thing. You know, like, there are big, Final Fantasy is huge. I mean, there's a big oh, fan yeah. base. We know that. But when you go on Twitter, I went on Twitter last night, and you see people talking about how they were crying when they saw this. Not because it was just beautiful, because, like, it's happening. Yeah, you know, that's, it's really happening. That's one of the marks of these Final Fantasy games. Say what you want about some of them. I know people said that 12 was terrible, but the one thing you always get with Final Fantasy over the years is they're always just such visually striking games. They do such oh, a yeah. great job, not just with the with the with the characters and the and the beasts in the in the game, but the environments are just so vast and exp- especially this one looks like the environmental gameplay is going to be so enormous well not just that but when you look at the fighting it didn't look like your standard rpg your turn my turn thing no it, it doesn't looks, it looks like a real-time combat system it does and it looks very free-flowing which turns me on i'm telling you that right now i think that's for people like you though that aren't typical rpgers they're trying to draw that crowd in while still trying to keep some of the traditional things with RPGs for us old school guys that remember the whole your turn, my turn thing. Hopefully I can get some money together by March and get a PS4 so I can there get the go. demo. But no, I mean, this is awesome, dude. This is this is very great. And you know what, too, not to, to backtrack on the story, but this is great for, like, Square 
after everything, you know, oh, yeah. Tomb Raider happened. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, yeah, that thing happened, but look what we got. You know, shiny brand new car that just, yeah. you know, it's like, it's like, again, it's like you're at a car show and they pull the, you know, the, the, the tarp off the car and there, but luckily there's no Homer car underneath it. Yeah, exactly. It's like over here, we've got something good over here. Don't yeah. worry about what we did before because this is all over here. This is going to backfire. Like, I use that Homer car as a reference, but this could have been something backfired because it could have oh, been. Oh, definitely, yeah. So it could have been like, hey, this thing's been, you know, you said 18, what, 18 months. And, you know, it, it, it was in development. And it's like, we have the Homer. And yeah. it's like a total piece of <laughs> shit. And it's like, what's the price tag for this? Oh, my God, this much. And it's like, you, you know, that's a thing. I mean, you know, people still not- people still nitpicking a little bit. I mean, they're saying, well, there's guns in it. And that's weird. Um, so what? The fact that the... The fact that they didn't see any magic elements really in that. I mean, it's a, it's a trailer. It's a trailer, guys. It's going to still have, you know, the magic of... There's going to be magic elements. It's Final Fantasy. Each character has their own different skill set. You're going to get that. Relax. It's Relax. okay. Calm down. It's going to be okay, buddy. Go back to sleep. Just because Surge came out doesn't mean you need to drink the 12-pack all at once. Just settle it, down. Exactly. Settle down. You know, but no, I'm excited for it, dude. I'm, I'm very, you know, excited. What's your, you know, before we move on to nerd news, what's the, your big hope for this game? I just hope that that they kind of keep true to the to the RPG style, the classic RPG style, while still giving us this real-time combat system because I really think you can do both. I think it's a risk because you're risking alienating one group to pull in another. But I really think that you could do both, especially if there's, you know, and even in the games that they have now, there's still questing involved. I mean, there's still certain things that you have to do to to meander about in certain certain games, and Tomb Raider is a good example of that. The Hitman games are, are, are a good example of that. We still have quests, and that's part of what RPGs were really based on. And you don't have to have your turn, my turn, to have a good RPG, in my view. No, you don't. But that's going to do it for Trailer Talk. And come next, it's Nerd News, and we have a lot of stories to get through that happened this week. So stay tuned. Nerd News coming up next. Well, nerds and nerdettes, it's time to brace yourselves and go around the interwebs for the information that you crave. It's time for what, James? Nerd News! And our first story is probably literally the biggest and most expensive story of the week, James. Shocking, because Microsoft just announced that they're going to buy Mahjong, which is the makers of Minecraft, for $2.5 billion. Yeah, and and furthermore, all three of Mojang's original founders, including Marcus Person, will be leaving um, Mojang following the acquisition. Well, you know what happens when Microsoft acquires something. They end up just destroying most of the people that were there anyway, so... Yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't, but from what I hear, they left and they're going to work on something different. You know, I didn't get any quotes from the release cause, or anything because, um, you know, one of the developers was asked about this and stuff like that. And it, it was all very vanilla answers, you know, your typical, you know, why'd you sell it? And they're like, well, we felt it was time, you know, it was this big thing. Well, and- they could make $2.5 billion. That's well, why they yeah. sold it. I mean, do you really blame them for doing that? I if somebody came it. up to us and said, hey... Will you sell us down nerdy for two point five billion? I'd say absolutely. Yeah, sorry guys, but we're gone. Yeah, so we'll take the two point five billion. Yeah, but I mean, overall, a lot of people are worried about this because 
you know, it's it, it just it's again, it's 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 a monopoly thing. You know, Microsoft's buying up all these properties, and it's just again the laying off of people. You know, they haven't had. This is what's what's shocking is that and I understand Microsoft makes like a trillion dollars a second, right? But you know, when you have these things, how the Xbox One isn't selling well and it's doing horrible numbers in Japan, but you know it was expected, and they had to lay off a bunch of people and everything else, and they're yet they're going out and they're still buying billions of dollars See, worth of. See, that's of, what of gets companies. me. That's what gets me is that they just when they when they bought Nokia. And they laid off all those people, and they basically took a giant dump on everything they presented at E3 because, well, now we just don't have the money at all. So we're going to just dissolve Xbox Entertainment before it even starts. And then those people that are sitting at home, maybe still looking for jobs, see this and the headlines, and I would be pissed yeah. if I saw that. Well, the thing is, too, is a lot, you know, a lot, you know, one of the questions asked was, what does this mean for like the Scrolls series, um, you know, and just new other games you guys oh, yeah. you guys had development? And they're like, and literally, it was like, we don't know, we don't know. And that's what happens every time Microsoft buys something. And I think that you made a good point in that this is a multi-billion-dollar company. They've got money, and maybe they've got money for a reason because they keep laying people off so they don't have to pay them. Yeah. But I mean, to then look at the pro- you acquire something. And then you look at the other projects you've already got going on, and you go, you know what? Eh, I don't know about that. It's kind of like if you're a pro wrestling fan. Right, which I was in the Attitude Era. It's very frustrating when you've got guys that you know have been like working their asses off for years trying to get, you know, trying to reach the top. And then all of a sudden, you know, here comes Johnny McKnow-it-all here, the guy that's been, that was famous like five years ago, and now he's decided he wants to come back. And what do they do? They slap the belt on him because everybody it's knows like, who he is. It's, it's like Batista. It's like what they did with Batista when he well, came back. they're doing back. it with Brock Lesnar now. Yeah. So. So, even though I don't watch wrestling anymore, I still have friends who do, so that's why I know this. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it, to, to me, it's, it's likening it to that. It's like, wait a minute. We were sitting there coding for you for years. You buy Nokia and you let us go because you say we don't have you didn't have any money and now you're going to turn around and spend 2.5 billion dollars on this and I understand why they'd want to acquire uh, Minecraft but is this really like the savior? I mean, are they looking at this as okay, this is what's going to pull us out well, of what's going on with Xbox here? No, I mean because well, I think 50/50 because it's Minecraft. My cousins play Minecraft. A lot of people do. You know, it's very, very popular. I think they're making a movie or they want to do something with a movie or something like that. Which is weird. I'm not sure exactly how you pull that off. You know, but, you know, it's a property. It's a big name property. But when you put it in the hands of, like, Microsoft or just a big company in general like Microsoft, it tends to turn people off because it's like, okay, they're just there to turn the profit. Whereas if you had, you know, like a a Mahjong or Mojang or however you want to say, I, I don't know how you say the company name, um... But, you know, when you have a smaller developer, it, it tends to give more, okay, fans right. um, breathing room. You know, like, right. okay, nothing's going to happen. And then this, they sell, and then it's like, oh, God, what's going to happen now? See, to me. And, and who knows? A lot of people are talking about, hey, we might be charged for some content that we Exactly. And, and think about this, too. I mean, to me, I look at Minecraft, and I see why people play it, but. I look at it and like, is this something you would expect to see more on like Wii U or something? Yeah. I mean, isn't this more Nintendo-esque? And here's my other question. 
because Minecraft's been out for a, for a pretty decent amount of time. Yeah. How close is this to being played? You know, to being played out. I mean, are, is is Microsoft too late here? No, I think that well, what Minecraft what they're starting to do now is they're doing like what they did with Angry Birds, where they're getting different versions out now of Minecraft. So, so we're gonna see like Halo Minecraft, Star Wars up? Minecraft. That'd be pretty cool, actually. Um, you know, but that's what they're starting to go towards. Um, that's what that's the level they're getting to right now. I mean, I, I guess I can kind of see. I, know, I, I, I obviously you know, see why they do this. Like, unless Microsoft has a does a major, major, you know, fuck up, people are still gonna play Minecraft. It's, you know, it's not gonna be like. Something's gonna happen and nobody plays anymore. There's still gonna be those people that I mean, there's still people today that play the Dreamcast. Yeah. You know, and, and older systems. You know, we do. Definitely. You know, so I mean, as far as a game goes, I, you know, why not? You know, I, I'd still be played. I just think that your point of uh, of people maybe having to pay for content that they wouldn't have had to pay for before is very telling. But also, what's very telling is how serious. Legendary is taking this King Kong spinoff because Nick, they just got a big name to star. That's right. They got the uh, the man of mischief himself, Tom Hilston. He's going to be uh, visiting Skull Island, which is going to be the uh, prequel, as you will, behind God, or King Kong and the other terrifying prehistoric creatures on that island. Um, he's actually currently getting ready to be Hank Williams, and I saw the light as well. Which is going to be fantastic. I'm yeah. sorry, but that, that's going to be very cool to see him play Hank Williams because he does kind of have the look. Now, Skull Island is going to be directed by Jordan Voigt Roberts, who did The Kings of Summer, uh, and will direct a script written by Max Bornstein, who Bornstein, who did Godzilla, right. the new one, um, which, oh, God, I'm already... Yikes. I, that's the only thing I'm like, oh, God, it's going to focus... Because you got a guy like Hiddleston in there. Mm-hmm. You're going to focus on him. Which, I mean, if you're going to focus on somebody, I understand why you'd want to do that, but... I, like, to go back to a movie, Jurassic Park, they did it perfectly yes, between the humans and the dinosaurs. They gave you a nice mix of both. So I hope that this isn't just, hey, let's walk through a jungle, and oh my god, there's a big prehistoric monster or a baby King Kong, you know? So let's see Hiddleston's reaction to this instead of the monster kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I think that that's what I, what I kind of expect from this movie. I want them to, because basically... If you if you read what they were what they were saying and one of the quotes and I'll kind of paraphrase it is, uh, they're talking about staying on and exploring this mysterious and dangerous place and it offers legendary the opportunity to take audiences deeper inside this rich world with style and scope that parallels legendary's other productions. So what that says to me is we're gonna dive into this place that nobody really knows anything about and hey maybe King Kong isn't the only thing that was resting here. No and. What this lends to me too, dude, because he got the writer for Godzilla to do this, I can see a King Kong-Godzilla mashup. And I think that people want that. Oh, yeah. I think they really want that, just like everybody's waiting for that Avengers-X-Men mashup that's never going to happen. Right. Uh, as long as things are the way they are now. So these are the kind of things that we can actually realistically <laughs> see. Legendary has both properties. It could happen. Or a good Street Fighter movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which, you know, hats off to the guys at Machinima for what they did with Assassin's Fist. Yes. Because, you know, people pay attention because they know what they're doing over there. But yes. So and on a scale of 1 to 10, okay. what's your excitement level for this movie? For That's the first question. Second question is, what is your expectation level for this movie? Okay, excitement, I'm going to go 7. 
only because of how Godzilla panned out. So you're a little leery. Yes, because okay. it has the same writer. Um, but it might be different, though, because we don't have the same director. Because the guy who directed Godzilla, I, I can't think of his name, but he was notoriously known. You know, he directed a film called Monsters, and there weren't a lot of monsters in it. Was it, was so, it, Gar- was it Gareth Edwards? Gareth Edwards, yes. Yeah. Um, he was notoriously known for, for making a movie titled something and not featuring it, pretty much. Right. So, I mean, as a, as a seven, I'll, I'll give it that. I like Hilston. Um, what do I expect out of it? I hope to God it's not like Peter Jackson's King Kong. Well, that thing was just... That, to me, that was the longest movie ever. It didn't need to be an epic. It, <laughs> it dragged so bad. It was just that, and just it was poorly written. Just you know, lines over and over and over again being repeated. Um, you know, it was. Uh, it, but anyways, I mean, you know, we'll see. I don't necessarily expect to see King Kong in this movie. I expect to see him, but more at the end, as like early, maybe like a stinger at the end. Because I think it's going to be more of one of these things that oh look what we're discovering on this island and kind of a what is this place kind of feel almost like when you were playing Tomb Raider. Yeah. When you get when you get to this place and you know that there's something off about it and then as you're going you're like, holy shit, this is let's, what's really going let's on. Let's put it this way, it can't be as bad as Land of the Lost. Well Land of the Lost had its its cult following in the in No, the I mean not Oh the no, new one. The oh God. Oh my god, the TV show I love. I love the TV show. Yeah, I grew up on that. And when they made, I didn't even watch the movie because I was like, no, no, this is a bastardized version of something that I love, and I refuse to even subject myself to Will Ferrell's campy bullshit performance of Land of the Lost. Well, speaking of something that was from your childhood and just something that you grew up with, TNT is going to be producing a Titans TV series, but not just like any Titans TV series. No. This one has Nightwing in it. Yeah, and it's actually going to be based on the uh, Mark Marv Wolfman and George Perez new Teen Titans, kind of loosely yep. based. In order to, it was basically when the, the Justice League, older. yeah, it was yeah, the Justice League sidekicks kind of thing, and they're like, "Well, we're going to form our own team," and Nightwing is part of that. And it looks and like it's going to be very exciting, actually. Well, not just that, but it's also when the sidekick roles, they adopted new personalities of their own. Like, Robin became Nightwing. Wonder Girl beca- you know, became a secret identity and just became Donald Troy. You right. know, it's it's going to be kind of like that. And TNT, yes, the good, great choice of a network to put this on, too. And I, I also think it's great that the DC is not putting all their eggs in one basket. They're choosing different networks to represent their brands. It's almost like, okay, here's what we want to do. Now, what network would suit this best? They're not just saying, oh, we're just going to give all these properties to CW or to Fox or to NBC. They're picking and choosing as they go, and I think it's really smart that and, they're doing that. And on the flip side of that, I'm glad TNT isn't putting all their eggs in the DC basket because it was just announced today that they got the TV rights to all the Marvel movies starting with Age of Ultron. Exactly. So bravo for them for actually being able to play and make money on both sides. Ted Turner's still a pretty smart guy. But um, now, speaking of being nervous about writers, Avika Goldsman, if yeah. you don't remember that name, wrote Batman Forever. Oh, Jesus. Wrote, wrote Batman and Robin, but also wrote The Da Vinci Code and A Beautiful Mind. So so it's like 50-50. Yeah, so it's almost like, now I, I understand the hesitation here because this is a superhero property and you're talking about, okay, 
it's going to be exactly the same as Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. No, I don't really think so because clearly his writing got better as you move along because Da Vinci Code was one of the last movies that, that he'd written and Beautiful Mind was actually an Academy Award nominated uh, movie. I can't remember if Da Vinci Code was or not, but I mean, this guy, just because this is a superhero property doesn't mean it's going to be like Batman Forever and Batman and Robin as far as kind of being campy and, and off canon. Now, what this does kind of kill, rumor killer on the Teen Titans movie, I think that all the rumors we've been hearing about that were about this. Right. So I think rumor killer for that. And another rumor killer, I think, remember those rumors where they thought they were going to bring Nightwing into Arrow? That guy from Vampire Diaries was talking about yeah. Nightwing, Stephen Amell. I think rumor killer for that, too, because there's no way that you're going to do this TV series and then put Nightwing on Arrow. Yeah, there's no, there's no way. There's, there's no way you're going to do that I mean, at all. It's, it's different if you do, like, feature film and then TV universe because they said that they want to keep that separate. But you can't have two TV shows with characters at the same time. No, you can't do that. And I know people are worried about Cyborg because Cyborg was specifically mentioned for this Teen Titans show. And, C- and Cyborg supposedly going to be a part of the upcoming DC movie universe with maybe a small cameo on Batman versus Superman. It, it just depends on how you do it. I think you can make both of those things work at the same time. Just like you had animated series that were running at the same time as feature films. You can have different universes. It's okay. Right. Well, I mean, you look at, I mean, can you imagine like years ago, I remember on the WB channel, you know, when T-Titans first came out, you can you expect like to like to like today how big Teen Titans has got because they, they have Teen Titans on like WB channel. Um, they have Teen Titans Go now on Cartoon Network. Yep. And now they're doing this you know show as well. So I mean they're way to go. Like for you know as far as Teen Titans go, like this is a big jump for something like that, especially that property. And I really think that this is a as a group that. DC always kind of wanted to give them their own spotlight, but it just never seemed to pan out the way they wanted it to. And maybe this is the thing in this live action series that finally jumps the Teen Titans into that, into that kind of guardians of the galaxy esque realm for DC. Right. I mean, we'll see now our final story. Now, James, when you've watched a movie or you've read a comic or whatever, and you see like a certain prop, right? Have you ever what if there was a movie prop you wanted to have, what would it be? You gotta have it now. Ah, uh, there's just so many. I was I was I've been agonizing over this for so long. Because there's just so many. I mean, you can't like and we were talking about this before, you can't pick like the friggin' Batmobile or no, something. No, we can't pick like Iron Man's suit. Like, it has to be like a singular thing. Like, it can be like Captain America's shield. Um, it could be, you know, whatever. Yeah, you can't, you can't do that kind of stuff. So one of them that I thought of, and this is me being a big Back to the Future fan. Okay. And this is just so random. To have, like, Gray's Sports Almanac. Oh, awesome. From Back to the Future 2. Because you just look at that. And you're transformed there immediately. And it's it's I know it's a weird, funky thing. People are like, really? That's what you'd pick? But I'm just, I growing up with Back to the Future, I was just such a huge fan that to have that, I yeah. think that would be really cool for me. Yeah, for me, you know, I had, a, I had a couple. And one of them, you know, I'm a big Power Rangers fan. So one of them is, you know, I mentioned this earlier in the week, but I actually changed it up. I want 
the act, the original Saba sword that the White Ranger used. Ah, nice. Yes, that's a good one. You know, I, cause I had the toy Saba sword as a kid because I was a White Ranger for Halloween one year. You know, originally I'm like, I want the helmet, but I'm like, you know what? That's just going to, where is that going to be? You know, I, the Saba thing, I could put a couple nails into my wall and just hang it there. Right. And it'll look fantastic. I mean, it's easy to say stuff like, you know, the ring from the Lord of the Rings movie yeah. or, or a lightsaber from Star Wars or something. It's, I mean, those things, to me, that's obvious. Who wouldn't want a friggin' lightsaber from Star Wars? Right. I was trying to think of something. Okay, let me think of something that, you know, maybe nobody else would want or nobody else would have. And that's kind of the, the direction that I went. And I think and, that you were kind of doing the same thing. And also, actually, you can consider this a prop, too. Actually, something I would want. Um... Even though it's not part, even though it's an animated film, I'd still want it. I want in the original sketch, like an original sketch from uh, Dumbo. Yeah, that would be very cool. As the far original as- sketch from like an early, like early, early Disney film, framed on my wall. Like, that would be awesome. Okay, so what do you think about like anything modern? Would you want anything modern from anything that's come out recently? I would like to actually have. Matt Murdock's Kane from Daredevil. That would be pretty cool. I could see um, that. Or that, or honestly, I would like to have Silent Bob's hat from Jane Silent Bob. Ah, nice Silent Bob's hat. That's awesome. What a, that's that's a good choice. I like that. Uh, I just think that Captain America's shield was so well done. Right. Uh, in the in the first Avenger, I w- I think I would want the one from from the first Avenger. I think that they just. They captured it perfectly. And another one that, if I were to if I were to ask my wife the same question and say, from a modern movie, what prop would you want? I I can almost guarantee you, she's going to say either the Mockingjay pin from Katniss's from Katniss's suit in the first Hunger Games movie or Katniss's bow itself. Because I think that you would get that a lot. Right. And before I get to the story, actually, there's one thing I actually just thought of in my head um, that I would want too as a prop. Um, you remember Goosebumps, right? Yeah. You remember the book, The Haunted Mask? Vaguely, vaguely. There's a book called The Haunted Mask, and it's my, one of my favorite, that and Night of the Living Dummy are my two favorite Goosebumps books. The mask from Night of the Living, from The Haunted Mask is freaky. It's like a green, monstrous goblin thing, and it's, and it's awesome. I would never put it on because when you put it on three times, it fuses to your face. Right. So I would never want to put wear that, but it would be awesome to have that to freak people out. Before we move on, because you what? can't see me over here, right? Uh, and I can see you. Can't set up, you bastard. Uh, my 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 wife was my <laughs> wife was listening in on this conversation, and she's decided to come into the room. She's like, I think I want to say what I would want to get. <laughs> okay, so Pam, what would you want? If there was a prop from a movie, what would you want? Are Are we just talking about the Hunger Games? No, just a, we're talking about in like general. Uh, but I said it would probably be from the Hunger Games. Oh. Yeah. And we were talking about, because um, the story is that the, the Syracuse, New York, where I'm from, they're having an Evil Dead marathon. And part of it is you can actually bid on part of the cabin from Evil Dead. So we kind of got this conversation of, you know, if there was a movie that we were on or a movie that we watched, what piece of a prop would we want, would we want in our house? Okay, so I'm just going to stick with the Hunger Games right now because that's what I heard, and that's the only thing that's I can That's why think she of. walked in the room because you're in Hunger Games. She's like, ooh, Hunger Games. <laughs> Hunger Games, yay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I would need to take a lot longer of a time to think about what actual movie that I would want something from, but just sticking to the Hunger Games, I would probably have to say 
I, I might want one of Katniss's bodysuits. Nice. nice. <laughs> and, and and I'd be okay with that too. Yes, you would. It's nothing sexual. It's just it's um But James would find a way to make it sexual. If, if, <laughs> if he can find a way to make Carly Quinn sexual, then absolutely. Oh, then there's that. <laughs> um no, because I mean, gosh, can't you just kinda like just for a second just think about how you could like fill it out and I, I have thought of that actually. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> you start hearing noises, people going on in the background. Just ignore it. James is gonna have a new sibling. Just he, way, needs a, he needs a playmate. No. By, way, <laughs> by the way, Pam, quick question: How are you doing, sweetie? How how are you doing since the birth? Oh God. Everything that can happen with, you know, having a child after a C-section is happening to me. So, yeah. 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 And, I'm and so sick of doctors. I, I don't like doctors right now. I don't like nurses. By the way, did your, uh, did your soap opera get picked up? Oh, no. <laughs> no, actually. But um, I think that if I start writing about it, it'll it'll get picked yeah, up. Yeah, we're and... gonna do the as the doctors turn kind of thing. Jeez. We feel like we feel like we could we could produce our own medical drama at this point. Although maybe it would be more of a comedy. I don't know. Yeah, it'd be like Children's Hospital. <laughs> <laughs> yes. exactly. I, I told James I think it was a little less than a week after we came home when Jameson was released from the hospital, and I told him I said, you know, I kind of miss the hospital. And looking back on that statement now, I want to take that Pam at that time and go back and slap her across the face, you know, like with an old fashioned soap opera slap where it's really hard and dramatic and be like, (laughs) no, you bitch. No, (laughs) that's wrong. (laughs) I promise you will hate them because I can't get away from them. You know, nurses coming to the house every day. It's just it's it's ridiculous. So. If anybody's thinking about having a baby and, and they want to know all the risks that can come with a cesarean, they can just, you know, Facebook James and yeah, we'll tell, tell you. We'll tell yeah. you. Yeah. You said that your sister was going to be induced, and I'm like, all right, well, maybe we need to talk to your sister and let her know what not it to do. It wasn't the induction that was, you know, I mean, God, you know, anybody who is in labor can attest to this. It is one of the most painful things, even with medication because you still feel things oh yeah i've heard that it's the equivalent of shitting out a watermelon um okay (laughs) (laughs) i can only imagine that would be (laughs) (laughs) but that doesn't happen for a long long time so just imagine that that feeling of needing to to poop out a large object and it's just not coming out yeah my my sister i was telling james at the beginning of the show my sister is actually any day now, between now and like next Thursday, she's my niece is going to be coming to this world. But it's just like she hasn't, you know, came out yet, and it's just we're just wondering like when and stuff like that. And they're going to induce her if uh, if if next Thursday comes and she hasn't, you know, broken her water at all or whatever. 
or whatever, speaking in the words of a boy. Yes. <laughs> Only boys would say something, and, you know, or whatever. It's just whatever. And, that, and that's okay, because we're not really supposed to know anything of that world. But you guys can sit and watch yes. and wonder and be yeah. like... <laughs> and say, thank God that's not us. <laughs> but, but, you know, the guys, they don't sleep either. No. no, you you will never sleep when you are watching your child being delivered. You don't sleep. No, and that's partly because you have people coming in the room All every the time. freaking five minutes. All the time. What's going on? What are you doing? Oh my god! Just yes. leave me alone for like ten minutes straight. Just go away. I was go just, away. I was just falling asleep. You suck. And we and we actually have props from the birth too. So we did we did get to get those. You had so props. They, they, it was it was we got props from the epic. It wasn't a movie, but it was certainly epic. Did you get like alligator clamps and just like oh my. There God. actually is a clamp from his umbilical cord. We got oh, the Jesus. clamp from the umbilical cord. <laughs> You can put that like part of the umbilical cord, like in like the a scrapbook. And Got stuff a shadow like box ready to go. Yeah, it's just gonna be. Box. It's gonna be the first thing you see when you walk in the house, too. So that's- oh, <laughs> you can hang his umbilical cord like uh, on the door for like Halloween or something like that. Exactly. Exactly. Actually, I think we'll just tell the story of our of the birth process for Halloween. That'll be enough to scare any child away from the candy. <laughs> just let me into a room with high school teenage girls who yeah. think that they want to have sex there right now. No, you don't. Yeah, you don't want to have sex. And, and, you know, and this has nothing to do with a knock on my husband. But while I was being induced, I I wondered to myself a a million times, why on earth did I have sex to, you know, make this happen? (laughs) Why Why did I do this? I think a lot of people wonder that when they look at her and then they look at me like, why did she do that with that guy? No way. Now, there's, if there's any group, if there's, before we you know get to the story, like if there's anything, I'm not gonna lie, Pam, it's awesome seeing your post about how much you love James. Like you're like, yeah, James, James, women, I had a discussion about math, and it's sexy. It's like mm-hmm. I've never had anybody like, yeah, if you take three and divide it by six, <laughs> it's it's very it has to be a very orgasmic equation. <laughs> but he doesn't use his fingers to count. Oh my god, how oh, hot I is bet, that? Oh, he I, can just oh, do it I in bet, his head. He, I bet he uses his fingers for something else. <laughs> it's all in the wrist. It's all in the wrist. <laughs> well, but, Pam, thank you for coming on and giving us this. this but great no, time. no, no, no. With the with the bodysuit, though. I mean, just imagine it. Like you, okay. I'm not going to say what I said before because I started the whole thing. But you know, you have it in a glass case. Oh yeah. And you have it nice and. Oh God, I'm just it's, it's, her, it. it's her football jersey. It's, it's going to be filled out. You know, you're going to have the indentation of the boobs in there and the yeah, butt. You know, so and then and Jameson puts it on. Starts questioning his sexuality. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like you have this really nice light that's shining on it. But yeah, I would definitely want one of this bodysuits. And I'm kind of torn between: Do I want the one from the the second movie where she's in the the, the black, water the white one, or the one yeah. like, the actual, like or the new one that's coming out? Oh my god! Like the rubber looking one. Mm. Yeah, yeah. She's hot, but you know. <laughs> yeah, she is. <laughs> <laughs> but if you ever want to talk about you know Hunger Games, I'm I'm in with you because you know James hasn't even seen or read the the last installment of the series. Right. And it's like killing me because I'm like, I have to tell you everything that happens. And I'm like, no. <laughs> and I was even threatening to read it to him like he was a child. Yeah. And and it's just like, oh, I've got to tell you what happens. 
Yes. We're all going to yeah. sit around the campfire. And <laughs> We're just going to read it. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's going to be fantastic. <laughs> well, <laughs> thanks for letting me pop in. You're welcome. <laughs> Bye, guys. Anytime she hears Thor in Hunger Games, it's like, you know, hearing like a code talker say the secret passcode. She's like, oh, it's like, Games. it's like we say ball or treat to a dog. Exactly. Luckily, you I have my head- up and you just boom right to the source. Luckily, I have my headphones in, too, because if, if you, the dogs would have heard that, it would be like, huh? Because my dogs yeah. are right here and like, oh, yes, yes, let's do that. But no, so speaking of, so reason why we're talking about this whole big conversation. Big tangent, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, is that Syracuse, New York, where I'm from, they're having an Evil Dead marathon next month. And they're going to give fans an opportunity, this is according to Syracuse.com, to bid on a brick from the original Evil Dead cabin. Which is very cool. And the marathon is going to take place at the Palace Theater in Syracuse, which is a legendary theater I've been to many times. Um, it was announced on Twitter by Bruce Campbell. Although he's not going to be there, he's not expected to make an appearance. Nah, it's a bummer. Now for a date, now for a date, it's going to be Friday, October twenty fourth, and the twenty thirteen remake will be shown at seven p.m. Followed by Evil Dead Two: Dead by Dawn at eight thirty, Army of Darkness at ten p.m., The Grindhouse Forty Second Street Trailer Special at eleven thirty p.m., and the original Evil Dead at midnight. <laughs> I just think this is a very cool story, though, because. I mean, and I don't want to act like, you know, like we're promoing this or anything. No, we're not. But I mean, for all those movies that you get to watch at this historic theater, which I've never been to, $20? I mean, really? $20? Oh, yeah. That's it? That's it's pretty cool. Okay. To give you an idea, James, of the Palace Theater, it's like the Narrow in Norfolk. Ah, see, that's that's very cool. If you were going to go see something like this, you want to do it at a theater like that. The only thing that would make it better is if this was outdoors. Oh, yeah. If they could have done it outdoors, that would have made it better. But if you're going to do this, do it like that. It's just a shame Bruce Campbell. You know, maybe he shows up at the last minute. Maybe he's just screwing with people and he just decides to show up. Because that would probably be even better than if he announced he was showing up. Maybe. But, you know, that, that was, you know, that, that was, that's awesome. I mean, you know, like I said, and the auction is going to be actually be at 9.55 p.m. according to News 360. Um, so, I mean, yeah. Now, how much would you pay? Before we go into our main topic, how much would you pay for a brick from Evil Dead? Oh, God. Um, you know, and like, like I said, Bruce Campbell's not going to be there, so he won't be able to sign it for you. So I'd be like, well, I'd pay this much just to have him sign uh, it. I mean, if I was getting just the brick, maybe 50 bucks? Is that too cheap? I'm a cheap no, I, guy, so... I, I, go, I go 50, because again, it's just a brick. You if, know? He, if he signed it, or if it was like a cast-signed thing, you yeah. would have to go way higher than that. But I'd be... We need to follow up with this because I'd be very surprised to see what it does end up going for. I'm oh, very yeah. curious. We'll definitely have the story for that. But coming up next, it's all about snacks and nerds and snacks and video games and snacks. Our main topic coming up next, it's nerd snacks coming up on Down and Nerdy. Well, nerds and nerdettes, I hope you're hungry because it's all about those nerd snacks, what you used to eat, munch on and sip on while you were playing those RPGs. But we actually got a fan comment about this, Nick, on, uh, on one of our contacts that we have. Yes, uh, Avery said that nothing with a dust, Cheetos, or a lot of sauce, and he put in parentheses, wings. I can't mess up my comics or have crummy fingers when playing games. If I'm watching something, pizza is good. Not a lot of crunch, so I can hear it fine, and you know it's pizza. Oh, definitely. And I think that, I mean, if you're being honest in your heart of hearts, it's kind of where it started for all of us, isn't it? You go to Chuck E. Cheese, 
Oh yeah. yeah, you get that pizza. You're waiting for it to come that out. Pizza with the with the, with the ketchup sauce. It's not yeah. just you know sauce. It's it's ketchup. Exactly. And I think that if we're being honest with ourselves as nerds, especially those of us older nerds, that's where it started for us when you're playing games. And then uh, you might remember some of you might remember in Pizza Huts when you'd actually have to go to Pizza Hut to get your pizza, either carry out or you used to dine in at Pizza Hut. Imagine that. They would be video games. I mean, I can remember waiting for my pizza. You know, my mom and my family were waiting for our pizza, and I'm playing Centipede or Galaga, yes. waiting yes. for the pizza to come out. So, I mean, that's a and that's a cool memory to have because then you start to relate the game with the food in a weird way. Like if you were playing it without the food, you're like, huh, I could really go for some Pizza Hut pan pizza right now. Oh yeah, thing. I mean, so, that's the thing. It's like you, you know. Growing up, we grew up. That's why I say we grew up in the great age because that's when arcades. You know, we grew up in the, when there were, were arcades to go Definitely, to. Definitely, yeah. And you can have your pizza and then go and play a game, go back, get a pizza or something to drink. With me personally, I hate as far as you know Avery and the whole crummy controller thing. I agree because oh, back no in the day, man, when you had you know the, like the Genesis controller and it had those gaps in between the buttons, mm-hmm. you're like, I can't eat anything like of like i can't have cheetos i can't have doritos i can't have because I'm, I'm just gonna fuck up my controller unless you're being fed like a czar yes playing the games yes like, i'm being fanned and get eaten given grapes like like you're up there like caesar yes playing, playing sonic and having some somebody feed you doritos and fan you with a giant leaf yes or I'd be like, Mom, I want chocolate milk. <laughs> exactly. With the really long straw. So you don't even have to bend. Yeah, no, there was a time I'd be like, Mom, I want chocolate milk. Get it your own. I can't. I'm playing a boss right now. I can't pause it. <laughs> I'm in the middle of a boss battle. I cannot yeah. pause it right now. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that I don't want to go through any progression here of, okay, when when this game was out, what were you playing? I just think that we need to let's talk about some stuff that maybe's not around anymore. I can think of one thing that I loved, and it was Pepsi Blue. Oh, I hated that. You hated like, it. It tasted like slush, like a horrible slush puppy. That's exactly why I loved it because when I was growing up, and you go to we go to Kmart. You love the taste of shit in your mouth. That's we'd, why we'd go to Kmart, and in Kmart, that's where kind of like the, the blue slushes originated. It seemed like. And I would always get the blue slush while my mom was shopping. You know, that's the thing when you're a young kid. You know, mom's going out shopping at, like, Kmart. You get you that bag of popcorn or the blue slush or something like that. So when Pepsi Blue came out, it very much reminded me of that. So when I would have my little gaming marathons, I would always make sure I had one or two of those 16-ounce bottles with me. Because, you know, you set them up. You don't want to get up, pause it, like you said, and go to the fridge because you don't know when you're going to run out. So right. I always had it right there with me. So that and it, they don't have it anymore. And this and, and Nick, this whole conversation with us kind of started because of Surge. That's where it all began. Oh yeah, Surge. Like I remember back when I was in soccer camp when I was like eight years old, and Surge had just come out, and um, they had the Surge truck that would drove drove around Syracuse, and it would stop and they would give you free cans of Surge. Yep. And it was it, you know in Surge it was it's it's. It, it was Coke's version of Mountain Dew is what it was. Um, and now, like I said, we've mentioned at the beginning of the show, it's on Amazon right now. It's being sold for this much. 
So, I mean, it's amazing. Well, luckily, as they brought it back, it was the petition that they had right. to bring back Surge that actually worked, and it's sold out in minutes on Amazon. Speaking of petitions, um, last night I, on Twitter, somebody came to me and said, hey, would you sign this petition? And I looked at it, and I said, sure. And I signed it, and you want to know what the petition was for? What was that? To bring back Ecto Cooler. Yes. Like, no, not, yes. not, no, not like, you know, just Ecto Cooler, like, like the actual, like, box art and like, the original Slimer box art and everything. And wouldn't this be a great time to do that with the 30th anniversary of the Ghostbusters? It would be amazing. And plus, my si- what happened was, I was thinking about this, my sister brought it to me last night. She's you know, me- messaged me and said something about Ecto Cooler. I'm like, oh, my God, I would love to have that back. You know, because I would do it. I would, I would, I would play Mario and drink Ecto Cooler and just, it, it was fun. Like, I would, you know, the kind of candy, like, here's the thing, like, I go to the movies, too. Even when I play games, certain games, like, if it's a long campaign, like a GTA or something like that, mm-hmm. I got to have some sour candy, like some sour gummies, and I also have to have some chocolate to offset it. Yes. Like, milk duds, like, the nice, you know, like the sour, but then you get the, the chocolatiness. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm like, something like that, like, I'm just, you know, I was never, you know, in our, our, some, you know, Mike Federale, you know, he's a big cookie guy. Very big cookie guy. And, and I can get that because there, there's been a lot of good ones and there still are. Actually, no, cookies well, have gotten better. There are a lot of good ones, but now it's just like, really, like, now it's come like an abomination. Like, really, do we really need, like. No, that's, that's Oreos that's doing that. Oreo, yeah, you need to stop. You need to stop. You need to put put the crack pipe down. Just stop, and you need help. I don't need a fruit punch Oreo. That I is weird. Flavored Oreo. That is weird. I like regular Oreos, double stuff, of course. And I do not need you to screw with the Oreos you know anymore. Do? You know what I used to do with Oreos, double stuff. I still do this to this day. I unscrew the. T- you know, I twist the top off. I'll take a knife. Okay. I'll cut the cream. Off the cookie bottom part, mm-hmm. I'll stack it on. I'll twist off another top to another double stuff. I'll put that on there and make like a triple stuff Oreo. Nice. See, that's a good way to do it right there. Why not? Oh, yeah. Why not do that? I, I would mean, do the same thing, dude. There was time like you want to talk about games. Well, you know, I was working a game and I was in the studio. And I was hit, having it was eating ice cream, and we didn't have any spoons in the break room, so all we had were knives. So I'm sitting in the studio like a savage <laughs> with an eating ice cream with a knife and people are walking by and as people are walking by I felt like an animal in a zoo. You're like, like that you're like that guy that tries to intimidate his 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 daughter's dates by eating an apple with one of those giant switchblade type oh, knives. Yeah. No, and I told my ex at the time, she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm not going to lie. I go I'm eating ice cream with a knife like a fucking savage. And <laughs> And she and she just starts laughing her ass off. I had a similar experience where I was working late and I brought a lasagna, Stouffer's lasagna, with me. And Garfield came out of nowhere and took it. And, well, there's nothing Garfield could have done because there were no forks. I forgot a fork. There were no spoons, knife, nothing. So I was like, <laughs> what do I hands? do? I did not eat it with my hands. I took about five or six swizzle sticks if you use a stir coffee, and I used that to very, very slowly eat the lasagna. Oh, Jesus. So I made, like, this makeshift fork, which did not work worth a damn, by the way, and ate it that way. It took a long time, but it I, it worked. It, it Eventually, it, it did work, so... 
Oh, God. Yeah, it was <laughs> desperate times, man. I mean, honestly. <laughs> oh, God. Bear Grylls, go fuck yourself. That's right. Exactly. Oh, Jesus. I don't need MacGyver. I've got my own set of skills. <laughs> but uh, going back to what you're saying about the whole chocolate and the sweet thing, one of my big things when I had my, when I had my gaming going on was I always got the, ju- not the regular size, tiny little box, the giant box of lemon heads. Oh yeah, that was my it, either. It was either that, and what was funny is I would chase that with airheads. Nice. So I would have airheads and lemon heads at the same time. <laughs> that would be the sugar high. And then, now Nick, you know this about me, and I still do this now, gaming or not. It's the Nest Tea iced tea drink mix. Oh yeah, because I, every time, because every time I'm with you and you have it. You know, because we both work at the same place, mm-hmm. and you have it, and I'm at the studio with you, and I'm like, dude, you know, you gotta give me a cup of that. That's right, because it's it's very it's my it's my it's my crack. It's yeah. What I'm addicted to, I I don't know how I would ever live without it if they get rid of it. So, uh, Nestle Corporation, if you could not you know, get rid of the powder stuff, that would be great. Yeah. Um. You know, fall is pretty much here now, so <clears throat> you know, summer has passed us. And summer as a kid, there are two things I would use when I, I would have when I would be gaming. Um, because my dad, his, where we used to live, he had this garage where it was huge to me. It was like you could fit probably two, three cars in this garage. Nice. And he would, in the summertime, he would put carpet down. He'd put a TV out there. He'd move my games out there you know, if I wanted to. And you know, on Sundays, just open the garage door up. He had a screen door. You know, and I just played games. Well, I would have my stepmom would bring me. I would have the hugs, you know, little jugs. Yes, yes. And I would perfect. have the the plastic freeze pop. Absolutely, that to me that's another staple, especially for like we went and something a little bit similar to that when I where I used to live in New Hampshire, there was this base and it was an unfinished basement, but there right. was a room off of what I would I guess I would call the boiler room. There was another room on the side. I mean, it was just just giant room with concrete walls and concrete yeah. floor. It almost looked like a solitary confinement thing with the with the, but it had like a tiny little window. But right. I actually, my mom had got like a little playroom for me down there, so I had a little basketball hoop and my Atari down there, and nice. I would bring the little hugs and the freeze pops down to the basement because it was cooler down there. Right. So I'd bring them down there and I would play um, uh, Magic versus Bird. On my Atari uh-huh. and uh, and pole position while I was doing that, and you know with those Atari controllers, it was really really kind of difficult to eat and use to eat or drink and use the, those Atari controllers for the seventy eight hundred yeah. at the same time. Yeah, I mean with the controllers of the seventy eight hundred, they look like they look like phones. They had the numbers on them and everything like that. Oh gosh, it was it was actually the one with the giant stick. Oh, the joysticks, yes. The one that came up from the center, and then the two buttons on the sides, which was hard enough. So you kind of had to hold the the controller in your left hand for the buttons and use your right hand, so you'd be screwed, but, and use your right way, hand to use the, the, actual, the actual controller. By the way, that reminds me. Have you ever watched that 70s show? Yeah. You remember the episode where Kelso and Red, they, it's when the Atari comes out, and they're playing Pong? And they're like, man, this game's just getting boring. There's no difference. You know, There's no challenge anymore mm-hmm. to it. So they literally take the Atari apart to make smaller paddles for Pong. Yes, I do. And they were like, like smaller paddles. We got it, and it 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 brought them joy. So I mean, like 
you know, I bring up the whole freeze pop thing. And those are things like where like your mom had to cut them for you because if you try to take them with your teeth, you're gonna cut your mouth and you have that oh, that, that you're gonna have that 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 crook what a crookshank smile like uh, Joker yep. does. Yeah, exactly. You could not tear those off with your teeth because you'd be like, oh, I cut my my mouth. And, and you had to cut it as close to the top as possible because you didn't want to get that little wasted part of the freeze pop where you cut it and it's that, that tiny little section that you can't oh, yeah. really get out. So you got to try and cut it as top as close to the top. It's as like, possible. it's like, you know, they get that girl ass, like, you know, I know how she's asked, how'd you get those scars? And you're like, Oh, it's not like, cause you know, I, you don't go in this hole. My father was a drinker or anything. He's like, no, I was just being a dumbass and lazy and didn't want to grab a pair of scissors. <laughs> it was the freeze pops. It was the freeze pops. <laughs> that did it to me. I mean, I can't honestly. I can't do. My teeth are kind of sensitive. I can't do popsicles really anymore. You know, it's funny. I don't really do that anymore either. I don't. I, it's not that I grew out of it or anything. Because a good freeze pop. It's not that I have shitty great, teeth. But... It's just that like right, it's not I have shitty teeth. But it, it's just if it's like it's like it's, it's like that. It feels to me when I eat like a popsicle. It feels like nails on a chalkboard. It's very it's very weird for me now too. It's not it's not. I mean, I still eat like ice cream and stuff like that. But, oh, so do I. But I'm, it's, I'm, you're right. There's I'm, a sensitivity there. I mean, give me a fudgy pop any day and I'll be fine. I mean, sometimes when you bite into a popsicle, it's like you're being stabbed yeah. uh, in your mouth. So I know exactly what you're saying. Hey, price is getting old, man. I'm yep. telling you. That's yeah, what happens. 20, yeah, one week into it and 26 is already kicking my ass. That's right. I said I said to my wife the other day, uh, little, little tangent, um, our lawnmower is broken. Okay. So in having the baby, I hadn't really had a chance to go out and mow the lawn. Wait, I know. Wait, I know where this is going. I know where this is going. You wanted to see if there's a way to put a car seat on the lawnmower. <laughs> if we had a riding lawnmower, yeah, that might be a good option. My neighbor does, and it's like, yeah, you just ride on your lawnmower there, and you know, you can't get that back here, or else I'd say you come on my lawn. But anyway, so we've got a pretty good size backyard. Oh yeah. And I'm looking at it. I'm going, damn it! I know I'm gonna have to do. I broke out the weed whacker. <laughs> I basically had to weed whack the entire yard right i came back in and i looked at my wife and said i don't think i'm 21 anymore because <laughs> that kicked my ass it was not fun <laughs> well well plus your wife loves cutting the lawn too doesn't she? yeah she does and she hasn't been able to do that so maybe i'm thinking maybe the last mow of the season she'll the last mow of season. it's gonna be like that 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 present it's gonna be you're gonna give to her you can yeah. bestow on her like, hey, it's like, hey, honey, I know, I know you just had a baby, but you want to know your my gift to you is what? Manual labor. That's right. I'm going to wrap up the lawnmower for you. And here you go. You can start mowing the lawn again. <laughs> yes. But uh, getting back to our original topic, one yes. thing that always frustrated the hell out of me, especially with fast food places, is where you'd have these like limited time kind of things that they would do for the yeah. summer. So I remember one summer my, my cousin was down visiting and he and I would actually, we actually used to make games together, like right. board games and stuff like that. We would actually make games and we'd also obviously, you know, Nintendo, Super Nintendo, stuff like that. So he came down for a couple weeks right. and um, we decided to have like a gaming marathon. So what was out at the time? It was the first ever release of the triple cheeseburger at wow. McDonald's. Did we murder at least one of those a day? It was just, it was brutal. You want to talk about eating like savages. That's exactly what it was with the McDonald's triple cheeseburger. Because I just, and I don't know why they've never brought it back. In a world today where burgers are bigger than the size of my head, why can't McDonald's, whose burgers really aren't that huge, bring back the triple cheeseburger? Why can't they? 
Or, of course, you could just not be a dick and just get two McDoubles because that's four cheeseburgers right there. Yeah, I could do that. Remember when they actually had the, the double Big Mac? Do you remember that? Yeah. It was four patties, but it was the same remember, exact I remember thing. When, I remember when Burger King – this is my, my first job was Burger King, and I hated it. Um, I mean, I don't think there's anybody really said my first job. I don't think there's really anybody that loved their first job, especially no, if it was in fast food anyways. I don't think they did. But it was around the time when they had the double Whopper and the triple Whopper. Oh, yeah, I remember the triple Holy Whopper. Holy shit, were those sandwiches huge. I remember the triple Whopper. I'm surprised they haven't brought that back either, actually. Well, you know, I mean, fat kids, you know, obesity. That doesn't can't. stop Hardee's. No. <laughs> and Hardee's, I love you. So I'm not, I'm not picking on you, I swear. I do love you because the, the Monster Burger is, was an epic invention, and I thank you for that. So now that you brought that up, favorite fast food to eat while gaming or watching a movie? Oh, God. Or reading. I got to go, since we're down in the south, I got to go Chick-fil-A. Yeah, I can understand why you say that. Uh, of course, I'm a northern, I'm a northern kid at, at heart. Well, so even am though, I. Even though I've lived here longer, though, than I did right. at north. So I, I, I guess I can't really claim that anymore. But I don't know. To me, I, I always go back to McDonald's because I've always been a huge McDonald's fan. It's kind of like a toss-up between McDonald's and Pizza Hut because Pizza Hut always still to this day brings me back to that whole gaming idea because to me that's where it all started oh, yeah. with what I was saying before you sit in the Pizza Hut and you play the games while you're waiting for well, pizza. Well, especially because Pizza Hut they had that book it program. Oh yes, which was fantastic. Which you get like you read four books, do four book reports, you get a free pan pizza. And how can you argue with that? And now we have yeah, wicked kick ass button and awesome stickers that went on it like star stickers. Exactly. See, that's what honestly that's what schools need nowadays. They need, you know, nothing going on tangent, but they need you want to get kids to read? Give them free food for yeah, reading. Give them free food. Give them, give them, you know, free comics, something, anything. My parents, okay, I was in second grade. My parents were like, Nicholas, we want you to join the math club. I suck at math. We know. <laughs> but we want you to do something because you do way too – I did just sports. I did something, you know, they want me to do something educational, not just sports. Right, I got it. So they're like, we know. My mom goes, but if you do math club, I'll buy you Burger King. It went on every Tuesday. She goes, if you do Math Club, I will buy you Burger King every Tuesday after I pick nice. you up. Nice. Deal. Nice. That is and that's how when you their do chicken it. nuggets were good and not shit. Yeah, that's a shame that what's what's happened to, to that. Remember I when oh my that. god. Remember when um Burger like like back in the day, um fast food plays like Burger King McDonald's used to do themed rappers or themed boxes. Oh my gosh, yes. It actually and, had when um, Burger King, the first box I remember when you got chicken nuggets was for Last Action Hero. Nice. Which I actually like that movie. You know, kill, oh, yeah, kill me out there for it, but I actually like that movie. Same. I love it. I still have. I remember when McDonald's was doing their promo for Batman Forever. Right. And they actually had the, it was a different sandwich. It was one of the first times ever, maybe the first time ever, that McDonald's actually used caramelized onions on a burger. And it was this flat burger. It was almost served on a sub roll, and it had this this white cheese on it with the onions, and it was fantastic. But they had the themed wrappers, and it was one of those buy you could buy these cups. So they're these clear, almost looks like crystal cups from Batman Forever, and I still have them right now in my cabinet. And uh, one of them had like the big question mark for the Joker on there. The right. other one's got like a 3D Batman like coming out of the glass. I loved it. 
when they did stuff like that. And they never, they never really do that kind of stuff anymore. I mean, it's just, I mean, now they don't do that. Yeah, again, they don't do that stuff anymore. It's like, I mean, maybe it costs whatever it costs, but it's like, you know what? Those are, those are some great times. I'm not going to lie. Um, as a Pokemon fan, my favorite giveaway, not every giveaway because you had to buy them. They're like a couple bucks a piece. Were the metal Pokeballs. They came with the gold, um, like, card inside of them. Yeah, there you go. I mean, those were awesome. You know, like, you know, and you had the watches and everything like that. And, you know, uh, I remember one time Burger King was selling Backstreet Boys CDs. <laughs> McDonald's actually sold Garth Brooks CDs, too, at one point, which was, it's very weird when you go to that, when you, it's not Starbucks, where they've got the CDs sitting right there on the counter kind of thing. Yeah, you hear, maybe Garth Brooks singing it. I'm loving it. Yeah. <laughs> Even though it sounds nothing like Garth Brooks. I'm surprised I, that they never did that, actually. Yeah. But I got friends in fat places where the burgers are fried <laughs> to the OS. <laughs> uh, it's funny because I, I just, when they did promotions like that, even if it was a couple bucks extra, like you said, it was like that special little thing. Oh yeah, that you could do, and I think it's cool because they're they're they are doing some stuff now. You know, I get on their case, but like Krispy Kreme's doing uh, oh, the Ghost Ghostbusters donuts. donuts. There's a Krispy Kreme across from Bob's. I literally almost stopped there yesterday to get a Ghostbusters donut. Or I see they had them right down the street from my house, so I am sure at some point we are gonna see if they've got, and I'll post it on I'll post it at Facebook.com/slash/downandnerdy if we end up getting any of the Ghostbusters donuts. Yes, because it just I mean. Celebrate the 30th anniversary. Do something, and that's perfect. Donuts, you know, the filled donuts. You can almost do, like, the slime kind of thing. Make it, like, oh, a yeah. key lime donut or something. Oh, yeah. do that. So it's not like they don't do any of that stuff now. So here's the question. In honor of Surge coming back, and you're not allowed to say ecto-cooler because you've already beat that friggin' drum, like, a million times. One snack or beverage that is now gone that you would want to bring back or isn't available in the area that we live in that you would want to bring down here. <laughs> New Coke. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, I'm just man. kidding. Of course. You um, <laughs> right now, I just, I just literally stabbed the heart of every Southerner in, in the United <laughs> you States. You stabbed the heart of everyone. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I remember when they had that New Coke came out and Bill Cosby did the ad. Yes. And there were like literally people writing, like literally writing Congress and Coke. Saying, why did you change it? Like, my life is ruined. It was bad, man. Oh, it was bad. It was um, bad. God, if I had to bring back one snack that... Dunkaroos, man. Okay. Yeah, that's a I good go, one. I go Dunkaroos for, for food. For drink? Uh, I don't know. If, you know what? I would bring back Dean's Milk Chug. That was the best tasting oh, wow. milk that's, I've ever had in my life. A blast from the past, right there. Yeah, I would go Dean's Milk Chug. Okay, so for food, I really got to think about this because there's a couple that, that pop to mind, but one thing that really jumps out at me uh, is those 3D Doritos. Oh, I hate those. It tastes uh, like ass and air. I thought they were they were fantastic for whatever reason. My cousin and I. Always love the 3D Doritos. As far as drink, I already mentioned Pepsi Blue earlier, which you also hated. So basically, you hated everything that I would have had. At my I house. hate everything. Yeah, it's like I'm I'm a, you know I'm I'm like ten years younger than you are, but it's like I am like that kid. Like I hate everything that old people like. Yeah, you're you're that guy. You kids, I'm that guy, and I'm that kid. You 
kids and your rap music and your complicated you kids shoes. and your tasty food back in my days we ate shit for breakfast I've, i'm already looking forward to the day when i'm like 60 and i can yell at kids for how stupid i think their stuff is <laughs> i'm really so- looking forward to that day because <laughs> my son, my son will be in his twenties by then, so he'll be like, "Oh, dad!" It'll oh, be those, dad! It'll be one of those funny things that I do that he's gonna laugh about to his kids at some point. So, yeah. you kids and your complicated rap music. <laughs> um, Back in my days, we had Justin Bieber and uh, I pooped myself. I don't think anybody's ever gonna want to claim Justin Bieber. No. Um, but one thing I'll bring back, and it's kind of something that they bring back every now and then, is the Game Fuel Mountain Dew. Yes. The, the Halo version, the red one. Yes. Oh, my. No, it was orange one. It was orange. Was it orange? Yes. I'm, well, fuck you. I'm colorblind. I don't know what color it was. This oh, the Red Mountain Dew. Yes, it's called Red Mountain Dew. It says Code Red right in the fucking bottle. Well, it doesn't say fucking Halo Orange Mountain Dew on the bottle either. Read the fucking <laughs> ingredients on the damn thing. It's Am Mountain I Dew. If you're drinking Mountain Dew and you're reading ingredients, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> that's true it's mountain dew you've already crossed that line because you're drinking mountain dew <laughs> it just said well, ingredients diabetes yeah okay. exactly it's like i don't think anybody's ever picked up a mountain dew and said ah, i don't know i should see what's in this first i should see what's in this <laughs> <laughs> i think that your health consciousness kind of goes out the window <laughs> when you're talking about mountain fucking dew I think your conscious and your health goes out everywhere when oh you just when you just dive into snacks in general. Oh like, dude, God. like, do you see they have chewy Chips Ahoy? They have the Oreos frosting inside of them. Okay, now? the Oreo. I tried those. Okay, it's how are they? Actually, pretty damn good to get the Oreo frosting inside the Chips Ahoy. Oh, nice. Because I actually, I, I, because I'm, I kind of battle with myself when it comes to cookies. Because I do love Oreos, but I like Chips Ahoy a lot at the same time. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, well, what do I get? And then I saw that, and I'm like, I don't have to wonder anymore. I can just get both at the same time because you can't put cookie dough inside of an Oreo and Nabisco. If you dude, I used to do that. I still kind of do that. I would literally go and buy like a small tube of cookie dough, put it in a bowl, pour chocolate syrup on it, and just eat it like the fucking glutton that I am. I'm sorry, but if Nabisco, if you just heard that and I see friggin' uh, cookie dough Oreos hit the shelves tomorrow, I am suing you so bad. <laughs> Trademark, <laughs> copyright, copyright. If you come Trademark. out with cookie dough Oreos. Locked those in will, Disney vault. Those are now property of Down and Nerdy uh, yeah. as, of the, as of this episode being recorded on September 18th, 2014. Just for the record, just for the record, that it's, it's now ours. So, it's now ours. So screw you guys. Yes. But I think that's going to do it for this week's episode of Down and Nerdy. We hope that you've enjoyed it. We hope that it's filled your cravings or at least given you some cravings to go out to your local store and buy some tasty snacks. And also remember, go out and support your local comic book shops as well. They need your money. There are great people out there. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to be at Tidewater Comic Con October 18th. Stop by our booth. Stop by Bob's booth. He's going to be actually right next to us. He's going to have a you know, a few comics, but he's mostly going to have a lot of his figures out there. Some great, great toys and figures Excellent he'll have. stuff that he has. We're going to have our live show, our second live show. Um, so stop by, be there. Whether we'll be in cosplay or not, that's totally we don't know as of now. We will uh, be wearing clothes, though. I we'll promise be wearing, that. We'll be wearing clothes. Though. I can't we'll speak for that. Cody, but we will be wearing clothes. 
Yeah, well, Cody's his cosplay. He told me what it's gonna be, but it's gonna be. It's not thing. It's not like an actual cosplay. It's just gonna be. Like, it's gonna be clothes. Well, that, but, and, um, and that's fine. Too. I might just do that, dude. I, I'm sorry, people for out there who say, "Hey, we're gonna cosplay," but it's just. I don't think I can do it. I don't think I can do it. Um, I'll have just, something. I'll have something. It probably won't be much, but I'll have something. Yeah, I'll. Tr- I'll probably be in my Deadpool shirt. But oh well. Hey, we're gonna be. We're gonna be there. So stop by our table and just. Uh, you know. Check us out. Be a part of the show. We're going to be walking around, doing some interviews and whatever. Um, we're actually slated trying to get a couple of guests on the show as well in the yes. next couple of weeks as well. Yes. Some, the some big good lead names. Up. Yes, the, some good names we're going to have on the show in the next couple of weeks. Um, we're going to, uh, one of them actually said yes, so we're just a matter of you know their availability is all that's going to be. It's gonna, but it's going to be in October, so it's just a matter of, of when they can do it in October and probably the first week. But um, just want to let you know that we're going to have some guests on the show as well. Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash downnerdy, on Twitter at downnerdy757. Email us questions, thoughts. You want us to do a show on something, downnerdypodcast at gmail.com. I'm on Twitter at nickpataglia25. James. I'm at James Ace Witham. And like Nick said, you can always contact us any of those ways for your suggestions, comments, you, maybe there's a guest you think we should have on the show or somebody you'd like us to just go out there and grab. We can't get Stephen Amell on the show right now, people, so be a little realistic. <laughs> We're t- we are trying the hardest we can get to uh, to get the great guests for you and the big lead up to Tidewater Comic Con as well. You can find out more info on how you can actually get your memberships right now at TidewaterComicCon.com. Get into the show a little cheaper. Yeah, and um, also, I'm going to say this right now, I know December is a couple months away, but Christmas has come early. We are going to be doing a Festivus episode in December. We're that gonna is be airing our done deal. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a giant super show. We're going to probably have Cody on there, maybe a couple other people. We don't know. Um, but we're going to have a Festivus episode for this holiday season in a couple of months. Um, for Halloween, again, October is coming up soon. We're gonna be having a Halloween episode. We're gonna be talking about like you know our favorite horror stuff and everything else. But that being said, I actually have a uh, go see Bobcat Goldthwait. I have to go to the Funny Bone and laugh my ass off. So I'm Nick Patagla saying, as always, practice safe comic book reading, everybody. Always bag and board your comics. <laughs>